The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined as always by Raj Geary. And today, our special guest, Glenn Moore from the This Is Awesome Wrestling podcast and Dinner with the King. Glenn, how's it going, man? I'm well. How are you? Doing quite well. Uh, today, we're going to talk about SmackDown Live for May 23rd, 2017. Uh, interesting show post-backlash. Uh, guys, uh, first to our guest, uh, guest Glenn, uh, what did you think of the show? You know what? I, I enjoy SmackDown, and I think that's becoming a, a, a trend for me is enjoying SmackDown more than, more than Raw. And I wanted to watch this week because of Jinder Mahal being WWE champion. You know, who would have thought here in 2017... Jinder Mahal would be WWE champion. So the whole welcoming the party, so to speak, uh, of him celebrating was, uh, was was pretty cool to watch. I, I enjoyed that. And I, I enjoy seeing a new face uh, be WWE champion. Now, that's going to spark a controversy with, you know, having new faces as champion. But it's good to mix things up. No, definitely. Raj, what did you think of the show last night? Uh, I thought it was definitely better than Raw. Um, it was uh, – I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it was – again, it – there, you're not seeing the big, any big surprises or storyline uh, movements anymore. And uh, as far as a formulaic show, it was pretty good. I thought Jinder's uh, celebration was pretty cool. Uh, AJ and Nakamura in the main event, again, I felt like that should have been a bigger deal. And it was just yeah. kind of like, oh, you guys are teaming in the main event. And, and that that was it. But um, yeah, other than that, it's it felt pretty by the numbers, but easy to watch. Yeah. So interesting that, uh, again, it opened with the recap of what happened at Backlash with Jinder winning over Randy Orton. And then from there, we had uh, Shane McMahon come out and introduce the contestants in this year's Money in the Bank competition. That's going to be AJ Styles, Baron Corbin, Sami Zayn, Dolph Ziggler, and Shinsuke Nakamura. And then, uh, well, because he asked nicely, uh, Kevin Owens. So (laughs) what do you think... uh, Glenn about it being a six man this year and the six contestants for money in the bank in a month. Well, the way they set it up with, with, with Owens, not begging, but asking to be in the money in the bank. It was kind of interesting because Shane, you know, Shane being the face and, and Owens, you know, being a heel, you know, and Shane agreeing to having Owens in the match. I mean, why wouldn't Owens be in the match in the first place? I, I don't, I didn't really get that, but I enjoy, I mean, I enjoy money in the bank. I, you know, it's, it adds some, I wouldn't say credibility, but it adds some making you on the edge of your seat because any of those guys can win it and have the money in the bank for X amount of time. Um, and then those names, it makes a star set of Baron Cor- Corbin. Obviously, he's a guy being groomed for the future. But I feel like he's not on the same level as the other guys when it comes to stardom and putting on you know decent matches on a regular basis. But like I said, he's being groomed. Uh, but that that's one, one match that I'm looking forward to watching. And the way they set it up with Owens coming out, eh, eh, he should have been in it already, but then again, you got to stretch the time a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I thought that part was uh, was weak. You know, you just come and ask, and, and 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 it's granted. Why not have a couple qualifying matches? You got a two hour show, you know. Uh, but you know, so that that part uh, I wasn't a big fan of. But that being said, I thought um, 
the contestants that they have for this year's Money in the Bank is is pretty awesome. I mean, not you got Nakamura and AJ Styles already. Um, you know, Ziggler can go, Sami Zayn, uh, so and Owen. So just with those five, you know, it's it's already an awesome match. It'll be interesting to see how they fill out the undercard with all those guys in that match. But uh, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that. I think that'll be uh, it has the potential to be one of the the better Money in the Bank matches that they've had. But again, the setup I thought was weak. I thought that you could have done a lot more with it as far as set up qualifying matches, get you hooked, staying on the rest of the show to kind of see like who qualifies for this because you got a month to go. You can you can spread it out over two weeks to get all the contestants in there as opposed to just announcing it in the opening segment. Yeah, I I, I do like having Zane in because Zane, the rest of the guys, I feel like they're more ground and pound guys and Zane as that high-flying what you want to see in the money money in the bank guys jumping off ladders innovation so having zane might be a head scratcher for some just because of ways been booked you know on raw than kind of the smackdown but i like to have in the high flyer you know zane in the match to add some add some mixture when it comes to the ground and pound guys and aerial guys definitely and it'll be interesting seeing uh this year well the only guys from last year that are in it are kevin owens and Sami Zayn. so the rest is all different so that's kind of nice but I thought Owens and Zayn were uh, the high point of Money in the Bank 2016. Sure, they'll add a lot this year as well. Um, we went from that segment to uh, women's women's match. So this was interesting. It was not exactly what we saw on Sunday night at Backlash, but man, it it felt exactly like what we saw on Sunday at Backlash with Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch versus Carmella and Natalia. Now, of course, Naomi was in their corner. Uh, Ellsworth was with Carmella and Natalia, and I think I spotted Tamina there as well. Um, Becky won last night, so uh, sort of avenged her tap out on Sunday. She uh, won, and uh, I don't know. Raj, I mean, do you think it's smart for them to – I mean, next week they're doing a fatal five-way for the number one contender for the women. I mean – does, is it just, hey, we've we've seen this now so many times. How is it still interesting? Yeah, let's just, they've been just clumping these women together for, you know, since WrestleMania, not giving them really individual storylines, and they're going to continue to do it. I think Charlotte's star has fallen since going to SmackDown because of just being grouped with, you know, everyone else. And uh, I think they need to, I think they need just move on to a one-on-one feud for the title. Because Naomi's just kind of sitting in the background. Uh, and Naomi and Charlotte could be a money feud. Yeah. Glenn, how about you? Yeah, I think that the two hours is hurting Charlotte. I think she needs to have that one-on-one feud, uh, triple threat feud. Uh, and on Raw, you have that because they have multiple women's segments. So when she goes to SmackDown, everybody wanted to see her change or go to SmackDown. Her going to SmackDown, you only have two hours. They get a very short amount of time to, to work their storylines or angles. And I think Charlotte is, is her, not credibility, but her, her stardom is falling a little bit when it comes to that because she's just being grouped. She's not being the head of the group, not the, being the star of the show. She's just being grouped into the storyline that no one cares about. Yeah, and, and what are we hearing for Money in the Bank, Raj? So I saw... Yesterday, uh, just you know, the word going around about what they're going to do for the women at Money in the Bank will it just be a standard championship match, or I don't, I don't know. There's rumors that it could be a they might do a Money in the Bank match with those five. So if they do that, then it's, it would probably be a screw job next week. Or um, you know, I mean, there's no clear number one contender, right? They have everyone beating everyone. So yeah. you know, it was yeah. Natalia tapping out Becky Lynch. Uh, 
then last night, who was it? It was Becky Lynch beating Carmella and Carmella beating Naomi. So it's just, you know, there's no clear direction that they're going. So I could easily see them doing a, you know, a money in the bank five way. Which is something that I don't want to see. I don't want to see a woman's money in the bank. And I know you want to have the woman in quality and women's wrestling doing the same thing. We had the hell in the cell match first time ever between, you know, the, the woman. But I feel like it, it would kind of lose this luster with the money in the bank because, you know, the men can do certain things that women can't do. And I know I might get flack for saying that, but can you see Charlotte on the top of the ladder, you know, doing a Jeff Hardy spot? I I would be freaking, and I'm not freaking out in a good way, but worried for her safety for, for doing something like that. So I don't think it would be the same. I think it would kind of downgrade the money in the bank name if there was a woman's, uh, you know, match between five ladies just because of, what they can do in the ring, what they're capable of doing in the ring when it comes to a match like that. Uh, Charlotte and Becky. I think Charlotte could absolutely moonsault off a ladder and have it be pretty awesome. I think Becky could do it and Natalia could do it. Um, I think, you know, if they could put on the match and have the time, I think it could be awesome. But women in ladder matches, I mean, we just haven't seen a lot of that so far. Right, right. Um, but I don't know. There's, there's potential for it. I love Money in the Bank. It is probably my favorite pay-per-view of the entire year. Um, and I think with the women, it just depends on the storyline. You know, that's where I'm at with right. it. I think it's not even about what they can do in the ring. I just think this whole welcoming committee thing has just been lazy. And yeah. uh, we need to do something to make it interesting going forward. How about you, Raj? What's, what's, what's your vote? You know, I I agree as far as the Money in the Bank being uh, one of the favorite events. and I And you know what? if you're going to do a money in the bank women's ladder match, why not? Why not this year? I mean, you got, you know, Charlotte and, uh, and Becky Lynch. So who are as good as any, so it's worth a shot. Um, so yeah, I'm, 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 I'm for it. I just don't think, you know, again, that with that, you have Naomi pretty much sitting out then. So you're not going to have a, a women's championship match. I wouldn't think unless I doubt they would just rush Lana into a title or, or summer Ray, you know, so um so yeah i i you know i just think it, it it just takes up all the women on the roster pretty much and uh um but i mean why not try it i see it's I'm, not, oh, I'm sorry glenn you go i, I mean i want to say i'm against women having the, having the money in the bank match but after listening to what you said glenn about the build up and the storyline leading into it if they just throw all these ladies into uh, uh money in the bank match when we've seen all these different interactions between these five it just kind of loses this luster i want to see something different when it's coming for the build-up make me interested in seeing the match and not going okay here we go again for women's money in the bank match it makes me wish it was cross-brand because if it was yeah. becky charlotte uh sasha you know naomi um bailey and even alexa you know i think that would be a really awesome match i just don't know doing it and, one brand or even mickey you know what i think I almost think this show should be um, cross brand because there's such a gap between WrestleMania and SummerSlam. Yeah. And uh, you know, that I feel like you you could have, instead of having four big pay-per-views a year, and, and there's not a big gap between R the Rumble and Mania or Survivor Series and the Rumble. Uh, you know, so, um, and what is it from Mania to SummerSlam? It's like four yeah. months so yeah four months you put something in the middle there money in the bank it's it's and you have a raw money in the bank ladder match a smackdown money in the bank ladder match and um and then you could do a women's you know with a cross brand with the winner getting a shot at you know their belt or you could even do instead of two separate raw and smackdown you could do one with the winner of that match getting it you know a shot at their title 
But um, because I, I just feel like right now the, the interest is level is dying. Uh, it, it's kind of showing in the ratings and uh, it's like online responses to WWE right now. And it would be good if they had something that felt big um, yeah. before August. We talked about this during the brand split last year. I was surprised they wouldn't do Money in the Bank as a cross-brand pay-per-view. I mean, what other pay-per-views do they have that has its own piece of merch that actually sells year-round? I mean, I see those briefcases at every event I go to. Um, I mean, the concept of Money in the Bank is so over with the fans. That absolutely, in my mind, should be a dual-brand pay-per-view. Yeah, it's like they're hesitant because of tradition. Like tradition yeah. is that the you know those there's only four big pay per views, and we don't want to elevate one up to that level. Um, but you know they used to have King of the Ring back in the day, which was considered one of the major shows, and and th that yeah. was usually in June. So I absolutely think they should have made Money in the Bank a, a cross brand show, and, and maybe they should do that next year. I would love to have maybe have a cross brand, have three guys from Raw, three guys from SmackDown, but the winner not only can challenge his respective brands champion, but also the other brands champion. So you have, you know, a top guy like AJ Styles or Nakamura being able to go possibly on both shows, not every week, but also have a quote unquote evasion, invade the other show and kind of have that. Okay. Is he going to come on this show to challenge the champion, this pay-per-view on the raw exclusive pay-per-view, this SmackDown money, the bank winner, that would be kind of cool. That would maybe shift eyes from SmackDown to go to raw because we all know raw's rating is you know not that strong but have that one guy you know going back between the shows you know faking like he's challenging the other champion that would be kind of cool and and you could work the internet too like if it's a raw show and let's let's say nakamura won the the briefcase you can have nakamura go to the pay-per-view so it leaks all over the internet that nakamura is backstage at the raw pay-per-view and, and get people thinking he'll cash in you know and and do stuff like that but you know i, I like that idea too before you can challenge for either world title, whoever. Yeah, that'd be great. And it was a great moment last year with Dean Ambrose doing the quick cash in, and we saw that it went from Roman to Seth to Dean so quickly, the championship. But, man, I feel like we kind of missed out on that tease last year, that anticipation of when are they going to cash in. Um, and I wonder how long they'll keep it going this year. I agree. Uh, I, but I like when they mix it up. Yeah. You know, every year just doing that tease. Uh, you know, I'd like to – you know, if Nakamura wins it um, – was it was it John Cena or Daniel Bryan that won it, that won it that one year where, and where Cena faced Bryan at SummerSlam and instead of doing a surprise cash in he said I'm going to cash in at SummerSlam for the world title I think it was Daniel Bryan that won it or was it Cena I think Cena Cena won it but then he cashed it in at Raw 1000 he announced okay. that he was going to challenge I think it was Punk Punk was champion at the time and he said he was going I'm challenging you at Raw 1000 which was a few weeks ahead or a week <laughs> ahead or something like that it was almost 500 episodes of Raw ago. <laughs> Jeez. Or, really? It? I thought I oh. thought it was uh, Cena and Daniel Bryan that that it, the money in the bank cash led to. No, I think I think Cena is the only person to I could be wrong to officially announce when he was going to cash it in. And I think it was Raw 1000 cuz a big show came in disqualified. Oh uh, yeah, he, yeah. He attacked and the Rock came out and helped uh Cena, you know, he did the people's elbow to the big show then Punk came and knocked knocked uh, the Rock out. All right, so they said they announced like Cena was the first person to technically not win it after cashing it uh, in because of that, if I recall correctly. Yeah, I th I, I want to say that he did say that he was going to cash it in, you know, ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. 250 episodes of Raw ago, five years ago. Wow. Time has flown. Wow. 
Um, so we're going to get back to talking about SmackDown in a second, but first I want to thank the first sponsor of this episode, Mack Weldon. We've talked about it before. Mack Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. Mack Weldon believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. And I'm telling you, it's so easy on their website. They have great size guides, great ability to scroll through all the different awesome merchandise they offer, which includes comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, sweatpants, and they're all fantastic. Raj has got his. I've got mine. Raj, you were saying, I mean, the shorts, right? They look... I'm wearing them right now. They look like dress shorts, feel like comfy shorts. The dream, people. It's fantastic. You can wear them outside and not look like you're in your PJs. It's awesome. Uh, their underwear is great. And just everything I've tried from Mack Weldon, highly, highly recommended, including their silver underwear and shirts that are naturally uh, odor eliminating. And uh, they whisk away moisture, which is just fantastic. They want you to be comfortable, too. So Mack Weldon, if you order them and you don't like your first pair, you can keep it and they'll refund you. No questions asked. Not only do they have underwear, socks, and shirts, but they also, not only do they look good, but they perform well, too. They're great regardless of what you're doing with whether you're working out or just lounging around, going out in your day-to-day business, we've got a deal for you. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off when you use our promo code INC. That's INC to save 20% off. And again, it's fantastic. Highly recommended. Their underwear is awesome. You can see the reviews online. People love them. Raj and I both love those shorts. And uh, so, so happy to have them as a sponsor of the show. So go to MacWeldon.com and use the promo code INC to save 20% off your order. And we thank them for sponsoring the show. So uh, to- real quick, yeah. a couple of people uh, uh, sent some corrections. I guess Rob Van Dam, and he announced also that he was going to cash in at one night stand in 2006 when he won money in the bank. And when I'm talking about Cena and Brian, it, it, neither of them had cashed in for that match. It was or Randy Orton who cashed in after that match was over and, and beat Brian for the title. So thanks uh, guys in our chat. <clears throat> the chat is awesome. It's like having Wikipedia in real time. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So last night, Sami Zayn versus Baron Corbin, uh, Raj, this was almost kind of what you were predicting was going to happen at backlash Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they did the angle one day later. Um, yeah. My first thought was like, are they taking Sammy out of the Money in the Bank match already? Mm. But you know, they're a month away. I I couldn't see them holding him off the TV for a month. So um, they could. Um, I don't see it. I think Sammy's too valuable to keep off. I mean, if they did it in like two weeks, I could see that. But uh, you know, with a month to go, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that they're doing that. But you know, it was. It's fine. Baron Corbin's promos I thought were cringeworthy last night. Um, and you know, him, you know, there was that microphone botch and him recovering from that. He, he didn't recover well. Um, but it, you know, uh, it keeps the feud going. Right. And, and that's what, that's why I said in our predictions, I said, I could see Sammy winning because it keeps the feud going as opposed to Baron squashing him right off the bat. Yeah. Glenn, what did you think of the, the quick roll up pin last night? Uh, you know, when you see these things, there's usually something happening after and you kind of forget about the whole, you know, roll up of death. Uh, but you know, I think Zane, you know, he has to be more sympathetic and doing this, having Corbin attacking him after when Zane does return, you get a little more sympathetic for him. And obviously him being in the face, you want him to, you know, get one back over on, on Corbin. So I can see it and hopefully he's not, uh, you know, for a amount of time. Yeah, we'll see. In the chat, some people are speculating that, uh, you know, he could get replaced with Rusev. Uh, I would like to see if if they are going to give Sammy an arc uh, going into Money in the Bank and a real storyline with it. I think keeping him off TV for a week or two and doing like a mini sort of road to redemption 
arc for him would be really strong going into Money in the Bank. You know, I know last year, um, I don't know what you guys thought of it, but I thought it was it was really the start of that summer renaissance they had after the brand split in SmackDown. But I loved all the stuff they did last year, building up to Money in the Bank, the six men, six men on a ladder uh, vignette that they did where they were all sitting out there giving monologues. You know, I thought the storytelling was so strong with that last year. I'm curious if they're going to invest as much this year in telling the story of the competitors. I mean, you mentioned Rusev really quick. What has happened yeah. to Rusev? Did they say he was going to come on SmackDown last week or something? And there was nothing involving Rusev. And I think I see the chat room. He deserves a 10-year reign. I agree. I love Rusev. I love anything with Rusev. Uh, and he just been, I know he's hurt, but why do all these videos and then totally forget about him? Because they changed their mind. And, <laughs> you know, when you have a main event storyline, have it mapped out and stick with it. Because this is why people don't really get into the stories anymore. Because uh, they kind of either fizzle out, go nowhere, or are forgotten about. Yeah. And, and there's easy ways you could explain Rusev not being there. Um, or if he is there, doing something. And in, in, instead of just flat out ignoring it, it it just, it's just weak storytelling. And, and Glenn, I can't agree with you on that That the six guys sitting on the ladders cutting promos. I thought How that was the, the that, most right? phony, stagey looking thing. Oh, it was so good. It was so contrived. Jericho, like... sa Jericho saved that. I mean, I agree with, with Rod. I mean, that was not <laughs> entertaining. But Jericho sitting cross-legged, you know, with, with his promos are great. But Jericho saved that bit. It was like a kids in the hall sketch in a good way. I loved it. I thought it was really, really entertaining. Um, but I think that they have to do something with it. To your point about bad storytelling, Raj, I think, um, you know, anyone that knows about TV, look at the shows, look at the things that are really satisfying. And there's a common theme if you hear the writers talk about it. They know where they want to end up and they work backwards from there to get to that end point in the most interesting and compelling way possible. Every TV show, everything that's out there where they say, well, we just sort of, you know, go from week to week based on where we feel it should go. That normally sucks. And with yeah. the WWE, when they change creative on the fly, it's very hard to get that engaging, awesome, rewarding story when they're constantly changing it. Yeah. I mean, you'll see, like, I'm a big fan of The Walking Dead. But you'll see, like, this past season, there are episodes where it felt like nothing happened. Where if you skipped it and watched it the next week, it... Uh, you know, it, you didn't miss anything, but they don't just drop a, a, a big storyline or, you know, completely change a character. You know, you know what I mean? Like if yeah. they're, they, they capitalize, they build on it. Uh, they'll have weeks where not much happens, not like raw where they'll have three weeks in a row where not, not much happens. But um, yeah, I mean, it's exactly what you said. You, 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 you know where you're going uh, you want to ultimately know where you're going with WrestleMania and, and, and go from there. And, you know, I've, I've said this before. I feel, I feel like you need to get like six to eight guys that you're looking to, to stay in the top picture and protect them. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you have another, you know, six guys in the mid card that you want to semi protect them. And then you got the guys that you want to bring up to the mid card and you guys want, you have, want guys that you want to take from the mid card up to the top. And uh, and plan that well in advance, as opposed to what they did with gender. But we'll get to that. Yeah, and uh, I understand injuries happen, things happen, right? But it, and what I think makes a lot of people nervous is that the rumors that we hear and we've talked about in this podcast is the idea that you know at WrestleMania 34 they already know, or you know, in next year's WrestleMania, or rather they already know that it's going to be Brock versus Roman a year out, and they're going to build towards that. And it's like, that makes people kind of groan. So I don't know. I mean, maybe 
there's pluses and minuses to being so set in stone. Maybe not a year in advance, but, you know, six months, three months, the next pay-per-view, at least have a strong idea. Well, yeah, I mean, I, th I, I think... I think Brock versus Roman is a bad idea, but if they had a good idea that they wanted to build to, it's good to have that big picture at WrestleMania. Um, unless, you know, like, and, and we know this isn't going to happen, but if they, in the back of their minds, they have a Roman heel turn in place where he turns into this crazy heel and Brock is the guy to like, uh, you know, take him out or, or something like that. Uh, that might be interesting, but, um, but anyway, yeah, yeah. To, to your point, uh, more planning and, and, and execution uh, would, would yeah. help greatly. So hopefully Sammy last night was part of that. Um, speaking of execution of a storyline all the way through, what do you think about uh, where they're going right now with uh, the fashion files and the bit last night sort of teasing that it was ending. I know a lot of people were speculating new day was going to appear on SmackDown. Uh, they appeared on talking smack last night. Glenn, what have you thought of uh, the fashion files and Brazongo's push? And do you hope to see it continue? I, it's, it's new. It's fresh. It's entertaining. You know, these guys, you know, I, I watched them when he did Facebook uh, live videos and, I never watch wrestling Facebook live videos when it comes to WWE, but they're entertaining together. These guys have chemistry and their match at backlash was under the rolling back and forth with the Uso. I mean, it's, it's new. It's fresh. It's not your typical tag team division, you know, team. Um, and I don't want to see them split. I want to see them, you know, maybe not, you know, get a major push to the stars with the titles for a long reign, but something entertaining that is different than what we see with other tag teams in the vision. I I love them, and I, I hope that they're very talented, and I hope they get more of a more time to do their thing because it's very entertaining. And New Day was putting them over big time on Talking Smack yeah. last night, more so than the Usos, who allegedly they're going to be in this feud with when they return. Uh, Raj, I know you've gone back and forth on this. What did you think of last night's Fashion Files? Well, I, st I started back, and I've gone forth. Like I, I, di I didn't like it at first, but it's grown on me. <laughs> Um, I still don't think it's like a main event gimmick or anything. It's not like DX or, you know, something like that, but it is getting them noticed. It is giving them something. Um, I, I don't think they should split up. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I, and I don't think they're going to, uh, this is the most over they've been, uh, since they've started on the main roster, except for Fandango who had like two months where he was really over because of his theme. But, um, you know, I, again, I think I think you should turn American Alpha heel. They're doing absolutely nothing, and they're totally, uh, you know, they're just in limbo. And feud with Brizango while you have New Day and and the Usos, and you got at least two, you know, interesting tag team feuds, or or could be interesting tag team feuds. It kind of reminds me of the New Day. At first, the New Day was like, oh, just split them up, let's get this over with, and they stuck with it, gave them some time, and now the New Day is the hottest thing. What was the hottest thing in wrestling? Maybe okay, Brizango won't reach that level of New Day's uh, popularity, but I feel like if you just give it some time, let it, let it marinate a little bit, uh, they can sell some merch, you know, get some more time on TV, and interaction with New Day would be would be epic as well. No, totally. You know, one thing uh, before we get to the singles match, Nakamura last night backstage that promo with AJ. Were you guys shocked after seeing every time he comes out? to the ring and cuts a promo mouth guard in. And it seems like he's, he's having trouble getting through the simple stuff. They have him say, took the mouth guard out last night and just like rattled off. I mean, this great sounding one liner. I mean, it was night and day difference. How, I mean, were you guys impressed with, with that compared to what we've seen in the ring of Nakamura's promos? 
he, I oh, go ahead, Glenn. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of you know even before Nakamura debuted, I was like, how are they going to present him? How are they going to get? I mean, obviously he is way over with the quote unquote underground scene, NXT indie scene, Japan scene, but how are they going to present him to the everyday WWE crowd? And obviously him speaking, him speaking to the crowd, that has to be there. But him kind of, you know, being quote unquote real, taking the mouth guard out, spitting the one liner out, that's what he needs to do more of to connect with the WB crowd that probably doesn't know his history, know who he is fully yet. Uh, I love it. And then obviously teasing Nakamura, AJ Styles, the tag team, the match went almost a half an hour long oh, to, get, to give him some more time to breathe for let them to kind of show what they can do. I thought it was great. Interaction was great. And people, you know, are you know head over heels for the tag team. But give it some time. And you might see these two face off against at WrestleMania down the line. There has to be big plans for these two to interact more. SmackDown Raw pay-per-views down the line. I think Nakamura is more effective not cutting promos every week. You know, he sounds better without the mouth guard for sure. But um, he does you know, he doesn't need to be doing promos every week. Um I think he's more effective not doing promos every week. You do it every, you know, every few. He'll say a few lines, but uh, I, I just think when he does a when he does a promo like with AJ, where it, it to me it came across as pretty scripted. It didn't sound organic, um, like they're having a conversation. It sounds like they're memorizing their lines, and uh, I, I don't think that that segment did anything to build a main event. You could have just had AJ talking about teaming with Nakamura or something and saying how they had their problems in the past outside of WWE or, you know, doing something like that. But uh, this particular promo, I didn't think did anything. I was just amazed uh, how he came across in that compared to everything we've seen in the ring, which has just been kind of like, Ooh, maybe Nakamura shouldn't talk. <laughs> I mean, it was just, <laughs> Maybe I mean, he shouldn't would, every week. Yeah. I mean, oh, I agree. And enough, he's going to have problems with it. I mean, I think his English has actually gotten pretty good, but it was amazing hearing just the difference with the mouth guard in versus it out last night. Right. I and I just think they keep trying to give him funny lines, and I just feel like it's when it falls flat, it falls really flat. Yeah. And and I don't think you need that. You, you could just have him say a couple things serious. Um, like we've had our problems in the past, but we're going to, you know, but you know, you know, something like that, as opposed to having to come up with some funny line. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see what happens after I liked, I liked him talking about turning SmackDown into his playground. I thought that was uh, interesting. Uh, so Jay Uso versus Tyler Breeze last night. And then Jimmy Uso versus Fandango after that roll up finish, uh, the, the quick uh, out of nowhere, one with uh, Sammy and Baron. What did you think of them doing the two, basically the same, the same move last night, twice back to back? Glenn, what did you think of that? Uh, I mean, we <laughs> the roll up of death is was the was the tagline for last night's show because he had what three matches that kind of yeah that took this to the finish in a two hour show. That's too much, but I, I know it's a comedy. You know, it's more of a, for the comedy. It's more of the entertaining, so I can see that, but. Then again, it's just, I mean, for us wrestling fans that, you know, watch this and kind of critique it, it you know, it's a little bit too much. It's a little bit too much for the roll up of death three times in one show, especially in a two hour show. It's a little bit too much. But then again, like I said, it's more for the comedy for their little tag team going. It was, it was entertaining. But then again, I mean, you put a little more thought into this. Let's go. Yeah. Hey, Glenn, you, you missed the gender celebration. Oh, did that happen before that? I thought that was after that. 
I think How dare it, you? Yeah, I think I'm it was before sorry. that. Well, we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, scrolling through the, the results here. Um, no problem. But uh, if, if, if the ultimate goal is just to beat Breezango again, why have the Usos lose? You know, I, again, I'm all, I think you should protect your champions. They shouldn't be getting pinned, even in singles matches, because uh, it, it makes the titles mean less whenever they are, especially when they're winning in, in five minutes uh, anyway. Yeah, I thought it was nice to give him a real match after that, but uh, I don't know. I'm worried about the storyline being over as soon as New Day comes back. And then, you know, it all depends on what they do with Brazongo from here. But man, I just feel like part of me really wants to see Brazongo win last night. Just, but here's the here's thing, too. Do you want, we have these short matches because you got to give half an hour to, to, uh, to, the, to the main event, which is Nakamura and AJ Styles of the tag team. So do you kind of, you know, hey, do you, it's the give and take. Do you want a half an hour of AJ Styles and Nakamura at, at a SmackDown, which is a fourth of a show, or and you have the you know little smaller you know uh, feuds go four or five minutes really quick with rolls of deaths? I mean, it's, it's give and take. I'd rather have AJ Styles Nakamura and have everything else go short. Mm. But then again, people might be upset with other matches going short as well. Well, they've been pretty much doing thirty minutes for the SmackDown main events for a while now. I'd almost say since the split. I mean, it's usually, you know, at 9.30, they start, you know, going to the main event and all the other stuff is done. Um, so I think, what, you know, mixing it up would be would be good. But, yeah, and, and on this particular week, um, I agree. I think it, I'd rather see AJ and Nakamura for 30 minutes. Right. Yeah. So the Punjabi celebration. What did you think, Raj? And from now on, should every champion get a celebration of their culture on SmackDown when they win the belt? <laughs> Well, I will say, I mean, they presented him like he was, a, you know, something important and a big star. It made him look like a big star. Absolutely. Um, and I was digging his theme. Like, I was kind of getting into it. Um, but, um, you know, it just goes back to what I've been saying. I think it just be are, are people. D- does this make people buy gender as a top guy? Not yet. You know, he, you keep him on top long enough. They probably will, event, you know, soon enough. Uh, but. I'd have rather gone the other way. You build them to the top, have them win the U.S. title or the Intercontinental title, then you know put them in the world title picture and and have it organic. So people already kind of see them on that level, as opposed to trying to force that view. Um, but outside of that, you know, I, the celebration was good up until Jinder's promo. Jinder just, I, th- I think it was Shane Helms that said on the Steve Austin podcast, he gets to the angry face way too quick. It's not natural, uh, and he's tr- it just comes across like he's trying too hard. But he's getting he is getting better, and um, but yeah, I mean he he looked like a you know this is he looked like a, a big star last night, he, and he just needs to work on things with his promos, trying to get it to be more organic, and uh, you know it, it might work. Yeah, Glenn, what did you think? I mean, I I said you know early on the show I I. Love having Jinder Mahal as a champion because it's a fresh face, and I always been, uh, I've always been a heel guy, but I always like the you know, the foreign heel guys that the you know anti America uh, heel guys that come out, and I you know when they come out and they have like, he has the Sing brother you know Sing brothers as like his little groupies, his little stable going on. The one thing I was kind of waiting for to kind of ruin the celebration was Randy Orton coming out and attacking Jinder uh, from behind or trying to get revenge on losing his title. There was no Randy Orton, which is kind of a, a surprise, uh, not seeing yeah. him on for the celebration. But 
I, I agree with Raj. It was great to see him build, you know, build this as a big, big thing. The 1.3 billion people in India line, I'm sure Vince fed him that line. Make sure to say 1.3 billion people. Like, I mean, they make it a big deal. Uh, I thought it was terrific the way they presented it, and I look forward to seeing what they do down the road. Is he going to be a champion for long term? I don't think so, but for now, um, the way they presented him at this week was was terrific. You know what's funny is is people have been pointing out like there's no at least as of right now there's no Jinder Mahal merchandise on uh, WWE Shop India, you know, on their Indian sh- uh, shop site. Um, it's interesting with them, you know, trying to push to the Indian market because there are 1.3 billion people. Uh, Ryback made some controversial comments like a couple like a week ago. Uh, saying they shouldn't be expanding in India because of the um, the income uh, l- levels, where because there's a, a huge jump from the lower class to the middle class, and and then to the upper class. So, you know, it, 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 it'll just be interesting because they make a lot with TV rights fees in India. They make nothing on merch, uh, very little on shop, but all these YouTube views and all their social media is from India, and. Um, and there's ton, tons you can make on sponsorships. So if WWE can like license gender to do commercials out there, they can make a ton that way. So they might have other avenues of revenue to gain um, from this. But I don't see, you know, people w- when the median household income for the middle class is, I think, translated to U.S. dollars. I think it's between thirteen to thirty thousand mm. a year. I don't see them paying ten bucks a month for the WWE network or. Uh, you know, or buying merch um, at the at the prices that we pay here, or even close. Um, so you know, we'll see how how they monetize that. But from my gathering with WWE in India, is it's at its least popular that it's been in a long time. So, will this help spark uh, interest over there? Well, we'll see. Yeah, I'll tell you. I thought what was interesting last night was Jinder getting angry. The crowd he got his best response last night. I mean, one, it's hard to, for people to boo when that Punjabi celebration's going on and they have the dancers out there. I mean, it's, it, like, it's hard for even the, the worst crowd to crap on that. You know, so I think everyone was kind of in the moment of that. So it was funny to see Jinder so angry when the crowd last night, he seemed to be doing more mixed than usual. Yeah, he didn't get like serious heel heat or anything. It was, yeah. yeah. It's better than nothing. It's better than crickets. I mean, anything yeah. with, especially with Ginger Mahal, because we all know the backstory with his career. And, but him getting some kind of heat is better than nothing right now. Yeah, it was interesting, even behind him last night, to see that there was a very mixed crowd, uh, you know, very, uh, just in terms of like who is cheering, who is booing, like mixed reaction and response uh, right yeah. behind him last night when he was doing the promo. So I don't know. I think, look, if they keep putting this sort of effort in, say what you will about gender like actually being ready for this they're certainly giving him the framework to appear like a top guy with stuff like this last night i mean when's the last time we even saw a production like this with with the belt with the title switch you know yeah no it was it, it came across as uh as big league for sure yeah definitely um, like a star someone's bringing up you know someone bringing up the point that india makes huge on advertisement you know on ads um you know, I almost think that might be the, the way to go is you give the WWE network away for free in India mm. and you sell localized ads there, you know, and, and maybe I don't know if you just do a separate stream or just different ads, but you monetize that way. And 
I think you could get way more from that than from network subscriptions over there. Yeah, maybe. They do different stuff for different regions. In Canada, isn't the network still on cable? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so wouldn't it be unprecedented? Um, so in a moment, we're going to talk about that main event, Kevin Owens and Dolph Ziggler versus Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles. But first, I want to thank the second sponsor of this episode, DDP Yoga, DDPY. Speaking of AJ Styles, he, Chris Jericho, Mick Foley, Goldust, tons of other WWE stars love using DDPY. And if you look at the results they're getting, you can see why. But it's not just professional wrestlers. Look at the average person out there. I see online all the time people hit me up on social media, talk about the results and the progress they've seen using DDP Yoga and helping take control of their lives, taking control of their health and their bodies using DDPY and those awesome workouts that Diamond Dallas Page has put together. So for a limited time, we've got a special for you. You can get the DDP Yoga Now app for 25% off or get the DDPY DVDs for 25% off. And that'll include three months of full access to that DDP Yoga Now app. Also, you could buy a max or combo pack at 25% off and get 50% off the second one. Here's what we want you to do. Go to our link at ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc. That's ddpyoga.com yoga.com slash wrestling inc to take advantage of this offer love ddp yoga love having them as a sponsor you're going to love it too and we encourage you to go check them out after you're done listening to this episode of the wrestling inc podcast so the main event last night uh ko and ziggler versus nakamura and styles uh glenn what did you think of uh the match last night seeing this sort of uh mashup of two of the matches we saw at backlash and obviously having styles and nakamura it, it you were hoping that, well, obviously, with the time that started, that this match wouldn't be a you know raw main event, which would be starting at eleven oh seven and going off the year eleven fifteen. You know, giving it time, the giving it twenty five minutes, a half an hour was was terrific. Uh, but it was a, it was a very good tag match, but maybe it went a bit a little bit too long. I and mean, people want wanted having more time, but what? But I feel like they could have shaved five minutes and been more effective with the storytelling and kind of not lose people maybe mid-match sometimes they do that with the commercial breaks and having them come back and one guy that was down and then after commercial he's on top like how did that happen so, so maybe shaving five minutes off but then again i liked having not a eight minute main event when it has when it comes to styles and nakamura as a tag team but i hope to see more of these guys interaction especially with owens and ziggler who are very good workers as well i thought it was right around of time we shave a little bit of time off, but I thought, hey, it was great for a, a SmackDown main event. Roger, you, you know, I, I had a couple things uh, on the site coming up during this, so I was, you know, kind of going back and forth watching it. Um, it I have to rewatch it, but it, it, you know, when I was watching it, the work and everything seemed good. But it, did it seem to you guys like the crowd was reacting in a big way? Like, you know, these are mm. the top guys on SmackDown outside of Randy Orton, and I guess, I guess now gender, but. Um, you know, did, did it seem like a big a big match with the crowd reaction? Not as much as you'd think. In fact, it, there was that weird moment. Do you guys remember towards the end where like a little pocket of the crowd was singing Nakamura's theme, but it was sort of drowned out by some of the other noise? Like I've never seen that before. Like that didn't even become the huge swell that we normally get, you know, during the match. And they were in Toledo last night, which obviously isn't a big city as a major city, you know, Chicago, New York. LA, Miami, you know, so Toledo, smaller city with this kind of big main event, you know, maybe there's the same kind of reaction as you would get if they're in Chicago or, you know, LA or New York or Boston or something like that. Yeah. But the end though, the end, I feel like it got everyone when you had that stare down between AJ and Nakamura, I feel like that was a great moment. I don't know. It felt like something was, was lacking a little bit. Um, 
during just the tag match, maybe maybe the storytelling element of it. I thought the action was fine, but I don't know. Maybe maybe it should have been bigger than it was. It was just a match thrown together to be thrown together. There was no storyline, real storyline reason to have it. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. We'll we'll, we'll talk about ratings here in a little bit, but that's been a that's been an issue. Yeah, and with AJ, I mean, okay, so AJ's a face now. I mean, they've always treated him like a face, but they were trying really hard to make him a heel for the better part of six months. Um, but that's the thing. It just didn't feel like, and, and Ziggler now is full heel. So I don't know. It, ju- it just didn't feel like that investment was as much there. I mean, KO, you know, he's pretty consistent. Nakamura is pretty consistent. I thought it was interesting that KO took the pin last night. It, well, I mean, that had been the plan was for Nakamura to work with KO. So maybe that's, hmm. uh, that's a hint for that, you know, to... Yeah the next U.S. title feud. Obviously, it's not happening at Money in the Bank, but uh, there's one more pay-per-view before that, uh, before SummerSlam. Uh, Battleground? Yeah, I think so. After Great Balls of Fire, the Raw pay-per-view? There's Battleground. What's the other one? What's the the Raw one? Oh, yeah, Great Balls. (laughs) You just said it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah, it goes uh, Extreme Rules, Money in the Bank, Great Balls of Fire, Battleground, SummerSlam. Yeah. So... Four more till SummerSlam. Wow. <laughs> it just it starts to seem a little ridiculous after a while, doesn't it? Like we're two weeks extreme rules, two weeks after that, money in the bank. Yeah. You know, again, if they if they did money in the bank as a co-branded, then it wouldn't it I, I think it wouldn't feel as cramped. But yeah. Maybe after what ticket sales ended up doing at Backlash. I know we talked about it here, uh, but this idea that Backlash sold a lot of tickets until they started to announce the card and then ticket sales <laughs> slowed down immensely. It almost stopped. Yeah. They, they had 9,500 sold before any matches were announced and they ended up with 9,800. Yeah, so maybe taking one pay-per-view, just let's shave one off that schedule and do Money in the Bank as a co-brand. Like, wouldn't it be the worst thing, you know? <laughs> um, so overall, Glenn, your final thoughts on SmackDown last night and uh, did you watch Talking Smack? Uh, I did not watch Talking Smack, uh, but I did, did enjoy... Uh, you know, watching watching SmackDown and seeing what was transpired and having that main event, Styles and Nakamura, people who didn't watch SmackDown, you know, having those two team together, you know, the quote unquote, you know, dream team. Uh, I know they were thrown together, but still, people who didn't watch SmackDown this week, that, that could be, you know, for the weeks ahead. Okay, see more interaction between Nakamura and Styles. Be worth watching. Yeah, Raj, what did you think? Uh, I felt like it was nothing. You had New Day on. I thought they were going to announce that they were returning next week or say something. Oh, I'm talking Smack, yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, SmackDown overall, I thought, you know, again, I thought it, it flowed fine. Nothing that got me, uh, nothing that if I was watching this show for, for the first time, I'd be like, hey, I got to keep watching this show. Um, but it was it was fine. It, it, it was, I wasn't bored, so I'd give it a B minus, C plus, something, mm. something like that. No, it's solid. So talking spec, I thought it was really interesting bringing New Day on there. Um, they they made a joke about it, but I could absolutely see that, especially if Daniel Bryan's going to be out for a while. I could absolutely see Xavier or uh, Kofi or Biggie co-hosting that show with Renee um, a couple weeks. I think last night, I mean, they, they really took it over when they were there last night. It was great. It's amazing how much time Daniel Bryan's getting off. You yeah. know, they never give uh, wrestlers that much time off for uh you know, for a newborn, you know, Kofi Kingston had, I think a couple weeks, Roman Reigns, I think he had twins earlier this year and, <laughs> you know, was off for a couple weeks. So, um, yeah, he's gotten a lot of time off and, and, uh, 
it affects the show. Talking smack is not ta- what it is without Daniel Bryan because Shane is, is just kind of there. He's he's uh, he, he doesn't add much. Like Daniel Bryan, I feel like every episode there's a couple lines that he's got or a couple things that he says that that are very interesting or, or newsworthy. And it's not the same with Shane. I thought this whole talking smack was just nothing. There was nothing really. The, the most interesting thing was Shane saying he was going to be on uh, Up, Up, Down, Down. <laughs> that was that was about it. Put JBL on the show. I'll watch that. JBL they, they had him a couple times. JBL's yeah. been so on his best behavior lately. It's amazing <laughs> to see. I mean, like, and, and even, I feel like Byron is even turning up the Byronness to try and like get a rise out of him. <laughs> Just how magnanimous can JBL be in the face of this? You know, I think JBL is starting to turn it up back to <laughs> prickish and turning up the prickishness a little bit on the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, if you didn't watch Talking Smack last night, the New Day part was good. Um, came out singing the Frank Stallone song from Rocky. Weirder that uh, Shane called that out. Um, but yeah, like Naomi's interview last night was sort of nothing. And I don't think that's Frank Stallone. Wasn't that, isn't that what they were singing around the, the garbage can in the original Rocky? Yeah, but I don't think Frank Stallone uh, made that. I could be wrong, but I thought he, Frank Stallone did like a song from Staying Alive. He did do a song from Staying Alive. Far yeah, From but, Under? Or Far yeah, from but Under? I thought that was the first one he did yeah. for a, a, you know Sylvester Stallone. No, he definitely was in the first Rocky. Um, oh, so maybe he was singing it, but wasn't... Uh, it's on the soundtrack, I think. Yeah, Rocky. but I don't think he composed it. Like he made that song. So yeah, he, he yeah. might have been singing it on. Okay, maybe that's what it is. Yes. Uh, so that's pretty much Frank Stallone's uh, music career. Uh, the song from Rocky <laughs> and Far From Over from the Staying Alive soundtrack. Man, when I, I dug that song when I was like six years old, when Staying Alive was new. It's like, yeah, the song rocks. Um, but yeah, Frank Stallone. This is most people have been talking about Frank Stallone in quite some time. And real quick, a lot of people are asking where was American Alpha? They were there. They were. Uh, they worked the dark match before the show. Ty Dillinger was there. It was uh, American Alpha, Ty Dillinger, Luke Harper, and Mojo Rawley uh, defeating the Colognes, the Ascension, and Aiden English in a 10-man match before the show started. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, poor American Alpha. <laughs> yeah. So good. So good in NXT. So... Yeah, you remember how jazzed everyone was? Like, you got They got to bring American Alpha up. These guys are sure things. And it's like, it's. I mean, it's what? What? Ta- I mean, you had what? Uh, the Ascension. You had the Vol Villains. I mean, these tag teams that were you know over NXT and they come up to the main roster. I mean, they just get lost in the shuffle. American Alpha should go back to NXT right now for at least a storyline. I think it would get them hot again. Um, put them in something with the Authors of Pain. Has any tag team done well from NXT that was created in NXT other than the Wyatts? If you want to count them, I was trying to think. I don't. I don't think so. I can't think of any. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll see. I mean, if you're a tag team in NXT, break up. <laughs> break Maso up. Champa and Johnny Gargano. They got the right idea. Yeah. <laughs> Stay in NXT. Stay as. I mean, I know the paycheck is a lot more in the main roster, but. Geez, for your career longevity, stay in NXT. What's what's the difference, Raj, between being at the max NXT pay, pay level and uh, starting on the WWE main roster? Well, it depends. If you're someone like Nakamura, you're getting paid a ton. Yeah, you know, you're getting paid more than a lot of the main roster guys. Um, but most of the guys are are not. They're like, it's pretty low level pay. Gotcha. When that thing leaked out a couple years ago, I'm assuming it may have changed, but wasn't the starting NXT pay something like 30 grand a year for guys and something like 40 grand a year for women because they have more uh, maintenance? I don't think there's been much of a change in that. Wow. Yeah. But guys like Owens, you know, that were 
indie darlings that were making bank on their own, uh, you know, they don't have to do much lifting and do anything they, you know, they can do pretty much do anything they want, but they're also getting paid a lot more than a person yeah. coming in that's not very well known. Right. But most of those guys still aren't making what the main right. monster guys are doing. Yeah. Gotcha. And what's, what's the lowest? Bobby Roode probably is. Hmm. Yeah, Bobby Roode's probably making what a lot of the lower level main main roster guys are. I'm so Samoa Joe made a lot NXT. Yeah. yeah. Based on uh, the the last week, Raj, what's the starting for the main roster? Was it something like 150 a year or something before? Oh gosh, it, I'd have to double check. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's in that level. The downside, yeah, I'd even be less than that. Hmm. And they have to then in NXT, you don't have to cover your own travel, but on the main roster you do so you immediately you have a much higher expense and nxt they go to a lot of these stuff by bus together well they, they get your plane tickets i thought they, they get your plane ticket yeah to and from right but you got to get the hotels and the rental cars and stuff yeah. like that which is still so weird to me like that they haven't figured out a way to uh do that more efficiently i don't see why country. they don't just have a bus because you, you know they they put the shows like not too far apart so mm-hmm. just do a couple buses um that's what they do yeah. in europe yeah, two exactly. buses, two, two buses, one for faces, one for heels. Right. No, no, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Keep them kayfabe alive. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about this news with the ratings, Raj. Uh, how are things looking for the WWE? Okay. So last year, the big concern or the big talk was like, will WWE drop below 3 million viewers? Is that possible? And it looked like with football season, with the drop you have every year that it was, and that was considered to be catastrophic, like really bad. Um, they did, they, they were pretty consistently below 3 million for football season. Things came up a little when Goldberg got back. I think they hit, they started getting closer to the 3 million mark. But then football season ended, and since then, up until uh, the end of April, they've been consistently doing you know 3 million or above. There was one episode where they didn't. Um, the last four episodes have seen a big drop. You've seen um, May 1st is 2.87 and 2.696, 2.7. Uh, this past uh, Monday was 2.615, which is the lowest um, number that they've ever done, not against football. And even against football, it's the third lowest uh, number that they've ever done, at least since like 1995. And, you know, 95, you had competition from Nitro. Yeah. So wrestling viewership in the u.s is you know definitely at an all you know, at an all-time low um and it's uh i think if you're if you're at and granted there's there's basketball ball on but there is every year the playoffs are always at this time every year and i'm sure it'll get a, a little bit of a jump next week if there's no game seven i i would hope that it goes up a little bit um but if you're looking under three million now for the summer, and when football season starts, and there's usually a ten to fifteen percent drop, you're looking at the low twos um, for viewership, the low two millions, and that is uh, it's really bad. And at some point, I think WWE needs to say how much is this fifty million dollars in revenue for the extra hour of Raw um, really worth it? You know, it's a ton of money. But when it's eroding our audience, and that's not the only reason, but that's a big part of it, is three hours of Raw. Um, and, and then creative, not much interesting happening uh, every week. Um, they've got to take a good, long, hard look because 
Glenn uh, Moore, you know, we've been we've we've been fans a long time. And Glenn, how long have you been a fan? I've been uh, on. An, oh, you go first, Glenn. Uh, 20, 20 years. And Rube, you mind if I call you Rube this week? Jeez, it's like high school. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, on and off, but I, I've really been back into it now for two and a half years. Okay. So back in the day, I, I think uh, Glenn Moore can attest to this, but, but you, with your friends, you're discussing these storylines, right? And you're like, oh man, you know, like, do you see what Steve Austin did to The Rock or Steve Austin made Vince pee his pants? And you yeah. had all these storylines that you were talking about. And, and, you know, when some of your friends who didn't watch wrestling, it would kind of get them interested. What storylines are you like discussing with your friends right now? You know, now I feel like when you talk wrestling with other people, it's more like spots or how good a match was, but not like the storyline elements that, that get a, a casual viewer hooked. And that's something I think they really need to work bad on because their, their audience is eroding more and more to just this hardcore base. It's, uh, you know, even, you know, putting myself in 13-year-old, 14-year-old me during the Attitude Era and kind of seeing, okay, if I was 14 years old again at this time, what stars would I, wrestlers would I be, you know, drawn to or what storylines? And I can't really pinpoint it i don't think i would be as into wrestling as i was back in the, in the 90s even before the attitude era mm. it's just you know social media uh i want i wouldn't say it has ruined it because it does has its upsides when it comes to promotion and and not knowing what's going on uh, obviously youtube the network there's just so much wrestling and you don't have to watch it live to know what's going on you can watch it down the road later in the week. You can watch it on YouTube. The clips are available as it happens on YouTube. All these different factors kind of takes away the aura of watching it live and be, being able to discuss it with other people because they haven't watched it. It's just, and also the writing hasn't been very good. It, it's yeah. not compelling. It's not dramatic. It's and when you're not invested in the storylines, you can't get invested into certain wrestlers, and it just makes for a average show you're just watching it to watch you're not watching it because you're compelled or want to know what happens next you're watching it because you've been a fan for x amount of years with the storylines it's interesting i mean the the last two storylines that i saw get major traction on outside of just uh, the regular watchers were i mean cm punk when he did the pipe bomb and that whole storyline mm -hmm. daniel bryant you know, I felt like those both got talked about by people that were not regular fans um, of what we have currently. I don't see any of it. And it's all wrestlers. I mean, so I uh, went to like a, a, a punk band from the 90s locally did a reunion show this past weekend that I went to saw a lot of people, you know, our age there that I hadn't seen in a while. And it was like, hey, have you been checking out wrestling lately? And the reason why I was bringing it up is I was like, you guys have to see it. There's this guy, Sami Zayn. He enters to ska, skanks his way to the ring because, you know, these were all ska punk fans. I'm like, so you have to see that there's a professional wrestler with this gimmick. There's guys like Kevin Owens. I was like, there are people that are our age. They look like they came out of, you know, the indie wrestling scene. And now these are some of the main guys in the WWE. Like, that's how I talk about it with a lot of people. Um, but the only thing I know I've brought this up before, but the number one thing that I hear talked about by non-wrestling fans is goddamn total divas. Every oh, time yep. yeah. I have some conversation, just mention I'm going to a WWE event or talk about the podcast, people are like, oh, my God, I love that Total Diva show. Like, that yeah. is their big gateway right now, um, which yeah. is crazy compared to what it used to be. And when you bring up that CM Punk angle, too, um, I just think about what a missed opportunity that was. Because yeah. he had people that 
weren't watching wrestling. And, and, and guys like Bill Simmons on ESPN, all these guys talking about it uh, to where they could have brought back a lot of fans with that angle. And it mm-hmm. was basically squashed dead within two months. And he's on commentary barring Triple H's jacket. You got, you know, a, a couple of weeks after he got buried by Triple H on a pay-per-view. They just, uh, they've had these moments where some, it seems like they could be doing something interesting and, and going somewhere. And, and, you know, when your creative juices start flowing, I'm like, oh, where can they go from here? And what would I do? And, and, and then it's, it just gets squashed. And I just feel like there's no storylines right now where you're like, wow, wow. You know, you're like really thinking about the different ways you can go with it. And, and the storytelling is just terrible right now. It's just someone said in the chat, it's just match, 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 match. Uh, mixing up the guys a little bit, and, and that's pretty much it. Here's the thing that I ask a lot of people when talking about the future of wrestling, you know, comparing the present to the past even and looking ahead. You know, 20 years ago, Triple H, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, uh, you know, these guys, Triple H, main event of WrestleMania last year. 20 years from now, from this era of wrestling, who is going to be the guys that people that are 13, 14 years old want to see 20 years from now? I really can't name one that's going to provide the star power to main event a WrestleMania 20 years from now. A Kevin Owens, but eh, AJ Styles, I mean, he's already up there in age as well. I not not Sami Zayn, uh, I mean, who from this era 20 years from now is going to be The Rock or Triple H, or guys that are wrestling Brock. or yeah. Jer- Jericho, who is going to be from this era that person or that, you know, three or four guys? It's hard to name those guys. I mean, you'll, you, you'll probably be Cena and Orton for a little bit, but I, 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 I agree from, from this yeah. <laughs> uh, 20 years from now. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I don't I have no idea from from the current like the the current 20, 30 year olds. Geez, That's I don't the problem. know. They're not making I mean, right now, actually, if you think about it, it is kind of weird as we're talking about this, that the new median age is older of the guys that they're that are through NXT it seems like it's more like 30 30 years old now is well considered young you know uh by WWE standards there's not a lot of really young guys out there outside of uh maybe the cruiserweights or um I mean the UK champions obviously are very young but yeah a lot of these guys are older I saw the chat room you know, mentioning Roman Reigns as a guy 20 years from now you know <sighs> being being a guy but I mean there there you go there's a reaction from guys like us it's like, oh, oh, yeah, 20 years of Roman Reigns or, you know, 10 years of him and then 10 years of him coming back and leaving, coming back. I mean, if he's the face of the next 20 years of wrestling, I know he probably is. That's because he's being groomed to. It's not looking good for guys' longevity when it comes to wrestling and this from this era of, of you know, the Owens. and the, I mean, Maybe Seth Rollins 20 years from now. Rollins could be a guy. You know, he just doesn't – right now he doesn't have that – larger than life aura you know when they these guys that they bring back um whether it's taker triple h rock they have that aura you know they have that larger than life aura um none of these guys have it none of these guys and be and you're seeing them every week every week kind of same thing one week they're beaten two weeks you know then they get their win back and there's just nothing it's just nothing there. They need to, there's just so many problems right now. It's not, you know, it's not just robbing three hours, but the fact that it is three hours and there's not much going on does hurt it a lot. But, um, the booking is just non-existent. There's just nothing there to, to, the, the simple storytelling is gone. And like you look at NXT 
what they did with Ciampa and Gargano and how effective that was. You know, if you slow down these angles and, and really have a good follow-up. I mean, it reminds me of when Owens turned on Jericho. Um, that got a ton of heat. And then when Jericho came back, he's smiling. He's got the list. And he, he's, you know, it, it wasn't the intensity was completely gone when Jericho came back. And uh, instead of following up on it and making that like a violent, tense feud, it just became your regular raw feud after like you know all these months of buildup and a, the great breakup angle and i mentioned somebody in the chat room mentioned you know they're all they all are great wrestlers but you know they're not charismatic they're not being charismatic in a memorable way you know rock stone cold kurt angle these guys triple h you know, you know their catchphrases you know their career top to bottom but you know guys right now they're good wrestlers nothing taking away what they do in the ring but charismatic and being that bigger larger than life persona it's just not there for really anybody on the roster right now yeah the talent level is definitely probably the best it's ever been as far exactly as yeah talent. but like you gotta have personality you gotta have that memorable personality and with the three hours and i think with nxt it's not you're not it's not shoved down our throats it's exclusive once a week uh barely you know social media it's barely there but you know it's there the network and when it's they have a big show like takeover it's a huge show every single time because we're not being drowned in with it with via social media or with raw SmackDown promos over and over. And when they go to the main roster, they get lost in the shuffle. And then they have to basically start all over again. You know, 20 years from now, if they're trying to bring back guys for nostalgia that were in the sub 3 million viewer era, like WWE's really in trouble if that's the more attractive option. <laughs> like right. viewership's down. We got to bring back Roman Reigns. You know? <laughs> bring back uh, Seth Rollins. Bring him back. <laughs> Like, I hope there's something completely different going on in the WWE in 20 years. Uh, although, who knows? Vince could still be alive. That wouldn't surprise me either. Vince will still be alive in 20 years and booking the whole thing um, the exact way that he's booked it this entire time. And people will have the same complaints. Yeah. Well, Vince Vince needs to... At some point, you need to stop thinking about money. You know, like, if, if overall revenue is fine, that, that's great. But if you're you're just getting more dollars per viewer as opposed to expanding that base. You just think about how much more money you'd be making if you expand that base and to expand that base. What are the problems right now? Three hours, bad booking, no stories, uh, no interesting stories, uh, no larger than life personalities. How do you fix that? And you, you start working on those problems and a lot of the rest will fix itself. Wrestling has, I feel like has been in cruise control for geez i would say seven eight years this cruise control you know guys are afraid to do something spectacular to set themselves apart because they don't want to lose their jobs they don't want to be regressed with their storylines they don't want to get a push even you know the commentary you know i feel like sometimes it's just on cruise control they're just robots they're being fed stuff to be said and they're not adding the personality aspect to it and it's affecting the whole product as, as a whole it's just i guess something needs to happen something needs a renaissance or something needs to happen for these guys to kind of wake up from this zombie trance and set themselves apart from this, you know, quote unquote, what new era, that's what they're calling it now. Yeah. And, and part of that is wrestlers needing to find themselves and not being given characters and, and, you know, their lines, Yeah, let them work on their promos, let them really get excited about, you know, working on their characters as, a, you know, as opposed to 
30 writers saying what you're going to say and who you are. I mean, I think you can create your own, you know, all the top guys in, in history have created their own character. You know, Randy Savage or Steve Austin or The Rock, they're the ones that really uh, worked on their promos, their delivery, how to, you know, what to say, how to say them. And, and now everyone sounds, every promo almost sounds the same. You can just interchange them between wrestlers. And every now and then you'll get the goofy Sami Zayn promo that, you know, you wouldn't give to Roman Reigns. But for the most part, it's uh, it's all kind of the same. Well, except, you know, Enzo, which is funny because he's the one that seems to be largely doing his own thing still. And it's funny that, I mean, that guy is a breakout star. I mean, they're letting him do the commercials or he's getting the opportunity to do the commercials um, and all this other stuff. But even then, it feels like he's stifled by how they've booked him with, with his wrestling angles, you know? But he's not hes not a guy that can go out and be Enzo Amore, the singles guy. Yeah. He has, he, you know, these guys have the wrestling talent. They don't have the charisma. Enzo has a charisma, but can he be a singles guy? I don't, he's not talented enough to be a singles guy. So, there's there's not a person out there that has a complete package of being charismatic, being charismatic, and also being a top flight wrestler in the ring. Bray Wyatt, maybe if he can change his promos yeah. up, because his promos are just redundant and have been redundant for years. I think they they've ruined Bray. I mean, I think we're past the point of of what Bray is going to be because you know he he, he does these promos and then he goes out and loses and then it's just rinse and repeat for the, not, like a couple of years ago. <laughs> He did the same promo for every single you know feud he was in, and then he would lo- he would lose the blowout match, you know. Then he would reset reset with someone else. I don't think you can fix that. No matter how yeah. you book him now, exactly. And when he's talking about because his promos are like erasing people off the face of the earth, and, you and know, he basically saying he's going to kill them, and then he comes out and loses. <laughs> <laughs> so if he if he if he alters his promos a bit, changes it up. Um, Changes his gimmick a little uh, and turns babyface. I think he could use, you know, people say, I, I always want everyone to turn heel. Uh, I want AJ Styles to turn babyface, and and I want, and he has. And I want, uh, I think Bray turning babyface could shake him up and, and change his promos up and turn Roman heel. Start listening to the fans. Uh, just stop trying to force stuff down people's throats. And who knows? If you turn Roman heel, he could be the hottest thing. And, and get you know people who who have been tuning out kind of back in and i think you know that's an important point uh, about him turning heel though is turning heel would put him more over with the crowd probably even more over with kids i mean they had it last year them give those one-liners you know to rusev so i mean just full on make him a cool make bad him, guy yeah a cool bad guy exactly which has worked that's worked so well and when i think about it all the ins and outs of that I've had with wrestling and always paying attention to it and going between like watching it every week and then not. That's what I hear about is people are like, Oh my God, you got to check out the stone cold character. Oh my God, you got to check out what this kid, you know, what the rock is doing. You have to check out these characters and these transcendent characters. A lot of times aren't clearly, you know, in the vein of the John Cena, good guy. In fact, John Cena, when he originally rose, he was not the John Cena we have now. I mean, he was seen as sort of an anti-authority figure um, yeah. when people were talking about him originally. So I think having someone, um, they've, they've tried pitting Roman against the authority, but it says there's just this, this clean-cut baby face, and that doesn't work. It has to be an epic heel turn. It has to be on someone that is going to add respectability and realism to Reigns' heel turn. Obviously, people want to see it, but then again, people are going to be cheering for Roman because he's a bad guy. So you're going to have that... 50 50 kind of thing because people yeah, are going to be booing but, him but also cheering because he is a bad guy but you know who cares if they cheer 
as long as they parent, they're paying attention and watching and are entertained because they cheered the rock. They cheered the NWO. Yeah. I don't think anyone would say those were bad ideas. So screw it if they cheer. And, um, you know, I, I look at Roman and I look at Seth and I look at Dean, all three were better off as heels. C- could you imagine if you reunited the shield as heels and just had them run rough shot through WWE? Um, you know, that'd be something interesting. It'd be different. And, um, and, and especially now when they're, you know, they've been established as single stars and, uh, one more thing, you know, with Roman turning heel, you got to do a heel turn the right way as too, because yeah. you could have had Hulk Hogan join the Dungeon of Doom, <laughs> and, and you know that wouldn't have had near the effect on business that him joining the NWO did. So you get the right storyline, you got to follow it up properly, as we saw with the CM Punk thing. You don't follow it up, you're back to where you were quick. There's e- there, we need a a a monster super group. You know, like an NWO, where you just have random guys, and they get you give TV time, but you you have them doing something, and they get major heat. There has to be some kind of stable, and there's no stable now. There's just tag teams and guys on their own. You know, Samoa if Triple H comes back, and Samoa Joe is you know have some other guys surrounding Triple H. That would be kind of thing I'll be I'll be interested in. There has to be some kind of cool heel stable now in professional wrestling for hey, WWE. Well, you got gender in the Bollywood boys, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> just kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, yeah, this is, this discussion could go for a long, uh, a long yeah. time, but it's, it's we're talking about, I'm like, it's going to be a long summer. I just, really long I just summer. hope they do something because it's, it's getting, it's getting hard to watch. It's getting hard to sit there for three hours when you know, nothing really is going to happen. So yeah. speaking of the thing happening, one last bit before we wrap here. What did you guys think last night of the commercials having the action in the ring during the commercials? I think it's genius. Thought it was good. What yeah, you um, because it keeps it doesn't you don't change your channel. I always as soon as a commercial comes on, I'm either you know doing something, checking something, going on my phone, getting a snack, you know, refilling my water. Um, I, I think I think that's kind of the future. I think you're going to be seeing a lot more of it. You know, with football and stuff like that, you don't need it. People aren't really changing away. I think as much as they do with wrestling. But um, I think it's it's it, it keeps you from changing the channel. And and when you can skip commercials so fast, I think it's it's very smart. Yeah, I love it. I love the you know keep keeping it. I wish they would do it for uh, more events that are. They have some action going on during these timeouts, so you have to go to commercial. Um, but yeah, it keeps me glued to that station, to watching what's going on. And you know when a guy is down, but you come back from break and he's you know on the attack, you know what happens uh, in between. I think it's going to depend on how they keep doing it. I thought what was interesting last night is everything they were showing just seems so sort of inessential to the match. Um, and without the commentary, I don't know. Um I, yeah, I, but I'm, I guarantee you, less people are, you know, changing, yeah. turn, turning away, and that, and that's the whole right. deal. Um, it, it's not for the fans; it's for the advertisers, and yeah, you know. But it, yeah, I agree. I think the wrestling. I mean, you don't want big stuff to happen while there's no commentary, exactly. so you don't want the big spots. But at least it keeps you watching. Yeah, which, you know. I think they can have some fun with it, but we'll see uh, how it goes week in and week out. Uh, anyhow, uh, so let's take it home here. Glenn, thanks so much for joining us. Where can people find your stuff on the internet? Well, follow my Twitter at Glenmore CLE, a mixture of sports and wrestling. Uh, this is Awesome Wrestling Show. 
You can find it on all platforms, podcast platforms. Just Google This Is Awesome Wrestling Show. My main podcast is with Jerry Lawler. Uh, it's called Dinner with the King. We kind of have that ambiance of uh, having dinner with Jerry Lawler. We go over a lot of Memphis stories, a lot of Attitude Era stories. Uh, this show, this week's show is about Owen Hart. Since yesterday was the 18th uh, year uh, anniversary of Owen's death in 1999. Uh, Jerry was one of the first ones to rush to his side. So we talk about what happened that whole evening and the following night. Uh, on Raw. So Dinner with the King, potavenue.com slash king is the website. We're on every single podcast platform, and uh, we're live every Wednesday with uh, with a new show. So uh, Glenmore Sealy on Twitter, Dinner with the King. This is Awesome Wrestling Show. And if you go to Wrestling Inc. right now, the top headline is a couple of highlights from the latest uh, episode of Dinner with with the King, where he, he talks about Owen, and, and you can listen to the full episode from there as well. Awesome. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you back here Monday night with myself, Raj and Matt Morgan talking about Monday night raw, seeing where they're going, uh, leading up to extreme rules. So until next time, folks, I'm Glenn Rubenstein and we'll see you back here on the wrestling Inc podcast. Take care.